Boom. Hello and welcome to the Executive Protection Lifestyle Podcast with your host, Byron Rogers. This podcast is dedicated to the executive protection practitioner, the private security professional. In this podcast, we're going to talk about the mental, emotional, psychological, physiological fitness that goes into being an efficient and effective executive protection agent. Whether you're in law enforcement, whether you're a mom that's looking at how to protect your children or a father that's focused on how to protect his family. I believe this podcast has something for all of you. We might even get into some tales from the crypts of true Hollywood stories from time to time. I'm doing this podcast because I feel the reality of this job is simple. If you really want to be good at executive protection, it's more than just a job. It really is a lifestyle. And those of you who've been in the game for any serious amount of time, you already know what I'm saying is true. So if that sounds interesting to you, Enjoy the show. Out. Boom. What's up, guys? Byron Rogers here for another episode of Executive Protection Lifestyle. I'm here with Rachel Regato. Hello. Boom. Thanks for, ha- thanks for coming on my show. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yes, it's, it's an honor. It's been a long time coming. Rachel and I were on a detail... We worked together off and on a few years ago, uh, did some time at the range, hung out, did some cool guy stuff, cool girl stuff and all that fun stuff. But uh, so so obviously I started getting messages like by other agents that are like, hey, dude, when are you going to have a chick on the show? <laughs> like, I'm working on it, you know. A little hard busy. to find. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Uh, this is very true. And um so, you know, finally it all worked out and I've done a few interviews with a few lady protectors that are going to be coming out. So I'm looking forward to this conversation and everything else. So Yay. welcome, welcome. Heck yeah. Um, and cause I, and I also, when I went to the close protection conference, I saw there were a number of females there. There were a lot of females there that were uh, kind of asking me about that. So, um, I don't know. I'm just glad to be able to have the platform to bring information to this game. I am you know? too. I, I wish that um, I had a chance to talk to more females about it, <clears throat> but I realized that uh, like on a lot of my social media, a lot of it stays pretty hush hush. So I know there's a, a there's only a few people that really kind of know what I do on a nine to five. So I need yeah. I would, my biggest push right now is trying to take more of a step into that and just like, no, this is, this is really what I do. <laughs> Let me let's talk about it. Let's understand that there's a new level that needs to be brought to the table. Yeah, absolutely. When you say new level, how do you mean that? Uh, what I what I mean is mostly in the style of EP that's done, and Ooh, that's um, well, it really just kind of taking advantage of you know who you are, what you look like, and I, I don't want to. It's kind of like playing into the stereotype a little bit, like uh, you know when you buzz through security when you're yeah. doing a lot of. Um, uh, security testing, probing, things of that nature. It's, I've always said to every female that I've ever met and to every, um, you know, company I've ever talked to when it comes to, uh, I guess, testing the limits of their security, you can get anywhere with the right color blazer and the right amount of confidence. Yeah, you can absolutely get anywhere. It, you know, if if you just go in and you check and see what kind of like jackets that these people are wearing, and you look the part, and just pull your shoulders back, you can blaze through just about anybody's security. And 
Yep. The worst thing that's going to happen is somebody says, hey, who are you? You know, what are you mm-hmm. doing here? And how easy is it to go? Oh my God, I'm just so lost. I'm here for an interview. I have no idea what's going on. I was supposed to be here at three o'clock. I'm a little bit late. I don't know what's going on. And then it's just, uh, okay, let's, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> let's get you to where you need to be in the next year yeah. in the client's office and you're like, bang, you're dead. So yeah. um, I think that there's a great advantage um, and a very logistical advantage. I, I think that when it comes to um, logistics, some of the best things that I've been taught is, you know, you got to see it before it happens, put all your preventative measures in place. And if your client ends up getting buzzed and what, you know, obviously what could have been done differently, things like that. But I mostly think that when it comes to being a female in the EP game, there's a lot of limits that people aren't pushing that should be pushed. And I think blazing through security, doing the testing, doing the security perimeter testing, and really getting in depth is one of those boundaries that a lot of women haven't been pushed because from what I've been able to see, a lot of them are still trying to figure out where we stand in this game because it is a very male dominated game. Mm-hmm. And I think that honestly, you stand right there next to him. You know, you, you bring your absolute best to the table. And um, I think, you know, one of the things that need, that could absolutely be stepped up is appearance. You know, you mm-hmm. don't want to look frumpy and weird sitting next to your client. And uh, one of the most fun things that I've had, I've really enjoyed doing is kind of, um, testing the limits of that. How many things can I carry while not looking frumpy? <laughs> yeah, that's what's up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it, it, it's, it's funny because um, you don't want to look, you don't want to bring more attention to you. Right. You know, when you're supposed to be protecting somebody, you need to look the same that as they do. If they are going to be there in blue jeans and a button-up t-shirt, then you should be there in blue jeans and a button-up t-shirt. Mm-hmm. It, unless they're saying otherwise. I, I know a lot of contracts are like, well, I want my guys to be in a suit. In that, in that respect, then you really don't have a choice. But I think as far as blending in, a, a lot of clients today are looking to have people who blend in with exactly what they're doing. They don't want to yeah. be so, you know, out oh, there. Right. Yeah. They just kind of yeah. want nice, low-key stuff. Unless it's, you know... Some clients, eh, not so yeah. much. <laughs> Unless it's the type of client that some of us stay away from. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just going to let everyone else do the math from that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, boy. But yeah, no, it's so true. Um, it's so true. Like, I've found even me, like, sometimes I'm like borderline too big for my clientele. Like, we start walking into rooms and everyone's like, who's the, who's the, you know, big black guy. What do we <laughs> yeah. do? You know what I mean? And then yeah. I would, like shrink myself and like put on some carnigans. No, but I like try to, you know, blending in is kind of like the new, it's a new normal for EP. Uh, for me, at least on the multiple details I work, clients appreciate it when you don't draw attention. Now, if you have a face that you're protecting, that's a whole nother yeah. dynamic. And yeah, now it's time to be possibly a people mover and all that stuff. But uh, uh, you said something walking into almost anywhere, if you have, uh, the right blazer and confidence, girl. Really, honestly, I w- I worked the inauguration, uh, the last two thousand what nine, the the, the two thousand seventeen inauguration, and I broed my way. I don't even want to say this. I don't even want to say this on the podcast. <laughs> <Say it. laughs> I broed my way into multiple events 
with POTUS, with the president, like mm-hmm. I was there working the detail, uh, working the private side of uh, the high donors and things like that, uh, that were participating in all the events. You know, anyone who couldn't get State Department clearance type of thing. So yeah. we had a specific client, all this stuff. So we had plastics to go into the events, but I only had plastics for my primary guy who owned the company and the client. So they were like, park the car, see if you can get in. So I'm like, yo, let me <laughs> challenge see if I can accepted. Get in. Yeah. So I, I like had got, I got this little uh, lapel pen from my lobby that looked all official, but like I had no idea. You know, I just was like, this is cool. I'm in D.C. I'm going to get some lapel pins for me and my yeah. buddies. You know, like, of course, I get this lapel pin. I, I get dressed up the way I get dressed up. We go to these events. I park. I get out of the car. And I literally walk in, walk through the first checkpoint, walk through the second checkpoint. Hey, what's up, bro? Good to see you. Hey, Jeff. Yeah, man. Cool. Charles <laughs> clean shaven lapel pin. Lift up my stuff. Do the hokey pokey so they know I'm not carrying. Walk into the, the 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 candlelight dinner like multiple events pretty much all week <laughs> without getting checked yeah. and then a dude uh one of the secret service guys finally we're sitting in a hallway the governor such and such or whoever is in the room with my client they're talking or whatever and he looks at me and he's like so what i don't even know what it, what they call like what precinct or what platoon or what squad are you yeah from in were, the secret service and i'm like huh like I'm private, man. He's like, private. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, like, yeah. I'm like, I'm private. He's like, you have an official pin on. I'm like, this. I got this pin from my lobby in my hotel. I'm in DC. I got to get a pen. You know, I got one for my buddy. You know, he's like, looked at me and he was like, oh my gosh, this whole time. So yes, point in case. I've even done it in DC. You with the right confidence and uh, the right kind of camouflage you can walk up into places concerts those are other another easy. one easy that's easy yeah <laughs> you just act like you're with the house or so the easy. video crew or whatever i've taken clients that didn't even have backstage pass passes into the back yo we're going like, backstage yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, pretend i'm like i'm doing security for, you know what i mean like just because i've done it so many times i know they don't know yeah. exactly who i am i know that you know i can look important enough you know like oh oh absolutely so that's like, real especially when you're doing security and you've done it for so long like yeah game recognized game when you see people yeah. out in public you know exactly what they're doing yeah. <laughs> you're like i see you you poor soul <laughs> <laughs> right mm-hmm. that's true mm-hmm. um oh, Oh yeah, it it I mean you could just pick them straight out of a crowd. When when you've been doing it for long enough and it it's so funny because what I've realized is a lot of the security people that are out right now because like I don't know what it is, but Hollywood has pushed this image of like an operator and everybody thinks that like private security and private contractors like it's the place to be when mm. in reality Info. like it's, it's it's a much different reality than yeah. the way that it's portrayed. And so you have a lot of these people that come into the industry now and a lot of them do not like confrontation. Ah. Don't don't want anything to do with confrontation. And that's what makes it so easy to buzz by them (laughs) because you just kind of look at them. And if if you kind of get, you got that look and you got that, like, don't have to be added to it. Yeah. (laughs) Look for who's looking at you kind of a thing. Yeah. And you just kind of blaze right by him, or you're like, "Hey, man, how's it going? I need to get backstage. I have so and so coming through." Like, you don't even have to give a name. You just go, yeah. got "This VIP coming through, and we need to go." <laughs> a lot of them are like, "Yeah, okay, whatever you want." Like, mm-hmm. Let's do it. <laughs> <Absolutely. laughs> and there's of- the reaction. Go, go ahead. Well, 
they're playing Russian roulette too. You know what I mean? Like how many times have you been stuck at a door and they're like, you know, your clients in there and there's like people coming at you at the cyclic rate and you have to like two seconds to decide mm-hmm. who's who in the zoo and who's your boss's cousin's uh, nephew who can be fired. <laughs> Don't care. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like, I'm sorry, you're who? <laughs> so there's all these different things that you know if you're in the game that, you know, civilians have no idea about, you know. Oh, I yeah. love it. So Definitely. now, like, what are you up to? in the games i'm sure everyone's dying to know at this point in the conversation like, who are we even talking what is she you know so um, what's your grind nowadays what what so i'm on a contract now and mm-hmm. they it's you know it's a rotation basis based contract so uh without getting too into depth about it but it's a really great contract and i'm happy to be on the contract that i am because it's taken me years to get there and years awesome. of just like hitting the grindstone every single day doing all the contracts that I didn't want to do in the beginning to get to the contract that I'm at now. And it took me several years to get there. So I'm happy with um, the level that I've been able to achieve it mm-hmm. with, within the industry because now I can take a step back and start pushing more limits as far as like um, what would be the new appropriate when it comes to dress, you know, mm-hmm. what's going to give you the most professional look that you absolutely can achieve while you're packing heat how many things can you get away with? What can you get away with? What are things that you probably need to take into consideration and how to draw less attention to your client. So it's given me the ability to push that. But outside of that, one of my favorite things to do is uh, consult. I've gotten gotten to a point where I've realized in the industry that I love problem solving. And that's, that's what EP is. EP at its core is logistics and problem solving. Right. Fast problem solving. How quick can you get there? And how smart are you logistically? And are you able of thinking outside of the box within the parameters of what is legally right? Yeah. (laughs) What you can legally (laughs) get away with. (laughs) Can you walk a little bit of that gray line and, you know, look can you fluff up a little bit? Make it work. Absolutely. And what I've learned that I, 100% 100% love to do more so is be that consulting aspect of it because I realize that I, I can play into my appearance. I don't look like I do what I do. And it makes right. it that much easier to push the boundaries of somebody's security and really do that red teaming thing where you can test everything and um, get an in-depth look and give something a really realistic, I don't want to say critique, but you can really analyze somebody's security and give them a, a very good dossier of what their reality actually is. And, you know, there's a, you, you can't do that with big suits, you know, knuckle dragging big suits. You, you just can't no. get that same dossier. So that's I love bad. doing that. That's, that's kind of where I'm at right now. <laughs> it's taken yeah. me a lot of years to get there. So I'm like happy with, with that. And then I do my work when I'm on rotation. So when you're off rotation, you're doing consulting and red cell stuff? Mostly consulting and bodybuilding. (laughs) (laughs) The red cell stuff's a treat when it comes through. (laughs) You know what? I I met a couple guys who do it, and they're the most horrifyingly fascinating people I've ever met. Right? (laughs) Yes, they're the kind of guys that you sit back and go, I'm sorry, I'm changing all of my passwords on everything. Yeah, they're like... Can I, I change my social security number? <laughs> yeah, literally. They're like, I exploit people's weaknesses for a living. And you're like, yeah. huh? And, and then you're me, like, how easy is it? And they're like, <laughs> just like this. And you're like, ah! <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I, I thought like I've 
always been very good at keeping, you know, myself very Offset. private and, and yeah. yeah, keeping my own offset on point. And uh, because they, when you have clients, you also want to be able to say like, you know, don't post anything on your social media until you're at least two hours outside of a venue. Like, don't right. be dumb. And um, I, I always try to keep my own OPSEC on point. And then we're sitting with a very good friend of ours who's a white hat guy. And uh-huh. that's a horrifying experience. Right? <laughs> oh, my God. We, like, we sat down and we're... We were talking about something, and uh, he pulls out of his backpack an RFID like copy reader, the skipper, yeah, the the whole nine yards. I mean, he could buzz by somebody within three feet and then pull the card out of his backpack, and you're sitting there like, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. <laughs> How do I do that? And it's uh, it's made out of like garage parts. Like the guy was just absolutely brilliant. Golly, very brilliant guy. But it it was the same kind of guy that does this. And he'll give you like your social security number, your mother's maiden name, your last Ugh. seven passwords. And I'm like, I'm just changing everything. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's like revenge of the nerds on like finally <laughs> on blast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jeez. So you said bodybuilding. You recently won a title. What's up? How was that? Boop, boop. Um, it, it was amazing. It was amazing to take home the veterans title. Um Woo-hoo. I know. <laughs> Thank you. No, awesome. Yeah, it, it's one of those ones. Being a former Marine, I it, it it's so near and dear to my heart. There were a lot of veterans, more than I anticipated, that came out, and mm. so it was a pretty pretty well sized class, and it was really, you know, it, it was very humbling, and it, it hit me straight to the core to be able to take home that title and say like, oh my god. <laughs> I'm the bikini champ. <laughs> like, got yeah. it. <laughs> Outstanding. And yeah. for the Marine Corps. Yeah. yeah. I was going against uh, an Army, a Navy. Uh, it was mostly Army, Navy that were there. There were a couple of figure girls that were also Marines, but I don't compete against figure girls. So it was like mm-hmm. really good to be the Marine in my division. And then to see the Marines in the other division, we kind of like clanned up. Yeah. <laughs> like, super fight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. that in the back. It was really nice to be among, you know, a lot of uh, that same kind of atmosphere and that same kind of camaraderie again. It, it's uh-huh. really rare to find that. It's yeah. therapeutic when we can find it. For yeah, sure. and then we all start doing like Marine Corps stuff where we just bark at each other, throw pants. <laughs> throw things, throw knives yeah. for no reason. You walk in the room, like everyone backstage just throwing knives waiting. <laughs> Which would be what a bunch of Marines would be doing, but... No, that's awesome. I feel like I've watched a few shows where they're like different military factions. It's like Army, Navy, Marines, and they never, I just don't feel like they represented us well. Like, I know. You I, know like Rudy was on one of them, Rudy Reyes, and he's a killer, but then he like got injured. And I was like, Rudy, bro, what are you doing right now? Hey. You, Marines are dying, bro. Fix your leg <laughs> and get back in there. We need you to no represent. No one cares, dude. <laughs> right? You know what was crazy anyway. is they did he's like cool, a, though. he is, he's a great guy. They did a salute to the troops thing. So, like, it, it was funny is they bring everybody out. And so all of us are, like, posing on stage. But everybody's, like, there posing. And we weren't expecting to be out there that long. So all of us are, like, cramping. They're, like, uh, ah, ah. just freezing up. Yeah. We weren't expecting to be out there that long. But, but the, first th- the first two guys that they brought out, and then they brought me out. All of us were Marines. So all of us, like, the Marines were on the corner half of the stage. Then they started playing the Marine Corps hem. It was like, everyone, oh. straighten up. Yep, tighten <laughs> up. Yeah, tighten up. Make this a good. 
Yeah. Heck yeah. That's awesome. That's great. It was it was great. So background girl, let's get into that. You know, how'd you get here? Where'd your journey start? All that fun stuff. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, for me, I always wanted to be in the military. That was okay. that instilled a lot of people kind of look at it as if um, as a method of escape or as a way to go to college or all of these other things. But for me, it was what I was good at. Running, jumping, climbing trees, shooting at people when you get up there. That's what I was good at. And it, and it has a lot to do with, like, you know, the way that my dad raised me. And mm-hmm. I, I was always around guns from a very, very young age. I was rock climbing from a very young age. My dad was a martial artist. So I was always in that atmosphere. And mm-hmm. for me, I didn't see anything different. There wasn't mm-hmm. any other kind of a blinder that was there that, you know, says that, you know, this isn't something that the average kid does. So I always wanted to be in the military. I had that desire, but I didn't really have direction. And my parents weren't really, they thought, they always thought it was a phase. My mom definitely thought it was a phase. She was like, you're going to college. And I was like, ah, I don't do well in school. <laughs> I'm like, like I hate school. <laughs> I hate school. Yeah, that's but, how I was. But my mom was great because she never told me that, I couldn't do something. I, when I was in high school, I went out for the hockey team and I ended up becoming the captain of my hockey team. But my, and I was the only female that was in the division. So I was always used to being the only female that was going to be pushing those boundaries. And a lot of it had to do with like, my dad was like, just kick him in the teeth. And my mom was like, you could do it. Nobody says no to just, just do what you want to do. <laughs> and, and so I was always just like, nah, I'm going to go do it. Yeah. So, my um, my parents were were great and, and very very supportive of the things that I was just innately good at, and that happened to be not the norm. Mm-hmm. And so when I got to high school, like I knew I wanted to be in the military. When I got to high school, it was we had an ROTC program that ended up being a Marine Corps ROTC program, but and that definitely helped me decide where I wanted to go because I had an instructor that was there to really kind of be that guided hand. And he was, he was a Marine, but he wasn't biased, you know, only so much as a Marine could be, but he wasn't biased in the sense of helping somebody who is a small kid trying to Mm -hmm. figure out what branch to go to. And he asked me all of the right questions and he asked me what I wanted to do. And I said that I wanted to be in combat. And he was like, well, no female can be in combat. You're just not allowed to do it. Because at first I was like, I'm going to be infantry. I'm going to be army. <laughs> be the most infantry infantry ever. <laughs> yeah. And right. then they're like, women can't do it. And I was like, artillery? Women <laughs> like, can't do it. Like, how can I, is there an angle here? Is there a yeah. waiver or something? Like, what's the angle? How do we do this? <laughs> what's the waiver? This I can has to happen. This, I can do happen? my pull-ups. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> so, um, it, it was trying to figure out the best way to get there. And so from the time that I was 12, I was preparing to be a Marine. Because yeah. at that point, they were like, I, the question that they I accepted. asked, well, the question that I had asked was, who gets to go to combat the most? And mind mm-hmm. you, at this point, 9-11 had already happened. And they're like, well, Marines, you know, tip of the spear, first in. And I was like, "Seven five. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah, you're it. like, I'm down. What's up? I'm doing it. <laughs> so it was from there figuring out where within that spectrum somebody like me would fall and not absolutely hate where I was. Mm-hmm. And um I I had done like devil pups and I had gone back every year. So, so you I were like about it. Dang. Absolutely. I was like in ROTC. It was the only subject that I was really excelling at. <laughs> and then it was 
during the summertime, like my entire summer would be spent down in Camp Pendleton. At the time, my dad was security contracting. So there was a lot of aspects of it, of that life and that lifestyle that was really kind of shaping and molding the person that I was going to be. But I never Mm -hmm. looked at security contracting through my dad, like I'm going to end up there. I never looked at it that way. It just kind of ended up that way. Mm -hmm. But as far as like being in the Marine Corps, I was expecting to do a full 20. I was expecting to go until the okay. said, you can't go anymore. So yeah. getting out so early was not something that I was ready for. And it, it took me to a dark spot immediately yeah. after I got out. So when I went in, I ended up went through Devil Pups. I had met with a couple of females who were in more of a ground element MOS. And I asked them like, how'd you get here? And I had one female said that if you want to get to combat and that's what you want to do. And I was probably like 16 at the time. She mm-hmm. said, you can either be a truck driver or you can be mm-hmm. a radio operator. And I was like, well, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not driving trucks. <laughs> <laughs> I know that. <laughs> I can do stuff, but truck driving ain't the stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, cause they were just like, you know, it was, this was gosh, early 2000s. It was probably around 2005, 2006 when I decided that I was going to be an RTO and uh and a lot of it was up to chance so it was like you go in you enlist you enlist under a a communications mos and then you know kind of the marine corps dictates where you're going to fall in there and i was fortunate Uh enough to get down to a radio operator and then i was in attachment to a combat engineering battalion and then i was tasked out and i volunteered to go um in advance and and because i was just like i'm going don't care i want to get something yeah yeah, to get and some. I, I was absolutely trying to get some, and uh, and I did, and and, and I got, uh, I definitely got some. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember yeah, like the, the first time that I ever got into a firefight. I we were bounding in these ditches, and I remember uh, landing in one of the ditches, and I was like, if I die here, my mom is going to be so so pissed. pissed. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, <laughs> she will yep. revive me and kill me herself. She will take yeah. me the end of this world. She will take me out of this world. And, it, and so I was like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Best <Heck yeah>. five. <laughs> and then I came back home and I, I got pushed out under tattoo policy. Okay. So they, what? They, swear? Yeah. Yeah, uh, it was when they um, they were doing the downsizing when they said they're going to cut the Marine Corps. Yeah, I remember that. Within I remember seven hearing years. about that. Yeah, and the commandant at the time was like, "We could do it in two. <laughs> yeah, because we're the Marines. Yeah, <laughs> kill everyone. I want you to cut off a fourth, a fourth of all Marines. <laughs> kill them. Just kill them. <laughs> That's fine. Everybody. We up. eat our own. We, they <laughs> they knew that when they signed the contract. <laughs> yeah, they're just a number, and we're cutting numbers. <laughs> yeah. So it was, um, they had that loophole when it came to B billet. They said, if you're mm-hmm. going to re-enlist, you have to have a B billet because volunteering isn't enough. You have to give your time mm-hmm. back to the Marine Corps. And I was like, that's fine. I'll take a B billet. It's <laughs> 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 like, I don't want it, but I'm going to do it. Yeah. So I went up for my B billet and I didn't even give a shit what I got. I didn't care what yeah. I got. I was just, I, as long as I could stand, because I'm going until, you know, I had my whole path picked mm-hmm. out for me. And, uh, and then they're like, well, your tattoos aren't in accordance with the Marine Corps policy. I was like, what? Grandfather that in. (laughs) Come to find out that the grandfathering period was actually when I was deployed. (laughs) I was on mission, on deployed, on mission, and they had a 30-day grandfathering period. I did not hit the grandfathering period, and uh, none of my stuff got documented. 
So when I was going in, I was like, there's got to be something I can do. There's got to be some kind of a waiver. And I got caught in that loophole. And the next thing I knew, they said, mm. they came. Time. I put in for it anyways. I did everything yeah. I could. I pleaded for it. I had everybody sign recommendation letters, pleaded my case. And I'll never forget it. I was standing in a commanding general's office. And that's because that's how they would bring everybody in one by one to dictate orders. And um, I remember I ended up speaking out of turn because I was like, sir, I'm a damn good Marine and I take care of my Marines. And he goes, no, you were a good Marine. <laughs> Denied. And I was like, scarlet and gold, which is <laughs> puppies were dot and crying. Oh like, this God. is horrible. You Kids were thrown up every way. Oh my <laughs> God. It broke my heart. Uh, yeah. Broken this me guy. so much as being told that like I you can't do everything that you've ever wanted to do in your life anymore. So yeah, it was like when I got out when I got out, I was trying to figure out my new identity. Yeah. Like what a lot of people don't realize is when you're 17 and you get out, now you're like 17 again. And yeah. you have you to got, You got out at 17? No, I got out at 21. Okay. I got yeah. I got out at 21 expecting to be like 38 when I got out. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. So what a lot of people don't realize is that you when you get out, you have to recalibrate to a new zero. Everything. Have to do it. You have to do it. And I was trying to figure out what my new zero was. And it took years to figure it out. I was doing construction, trying to work security on the side, trying to figure out my angle because security is what I knew. It was the closest thing that I could find to what I enjoyed doing. Right. And, and trying to find that angle. And it, it, it started kind of like getting traction a little mm-hmm. bit security was. And then it was mm-hmm. like, I started out working event security. Like mm. I was working for a company doing event security. I did the yellow jacket thing. Good. I, like the whole nine yards. Good. Get line. some. Go on ahead. Get oh. them stripes. And, yeah, Get them and, stripes. <laughs> and then I started getting like celebrity contracts. And I'm like, I got celebrity contracts. And yeah. then I was like, I hate celebrity, celebrity contracts. contracts. <laughs> exactly. Because they're, they're doing all sorts of stuff until two, three they o'clock. They make you work. You're like yeah. mining Red Bull. You haven't slept in like two days and you're hallucinating a little. <laughs> yes. And they're like cats. So like you're driving home to like at like 9 a.m. from L.A. or Hollywood, if you're lucky. And like <laughs> they're going to be waking up at like three or four. You got to be back to deal with everything. <laughs> to, oh, my you know, gosh. And it's just yeah. like. I'm supposed to sleep. You got to be up there the before the day. them. Yeah, you got to be there before them. Yeah. Wake up. You're, you know, not there until the housekeeper's coming at eight. So someone's got to stay back. <laughs> like it just can get. You're like, ridiculous. I'll just sleep in the car. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. I've been through worse. I, I think. <laughs> oh my gosh! Like celebrity so, contracts are rough. They can get they really can rough. Be. But you learn so much from those contracts. And you really learn a lot. Yeah, you set, uh, you give yourself a backdrop to appreciate what you have if you, when you get to better levels of the game. Like Christian West said this on our first episode when I was talking with him. He's like, I hope, I wish, he's like, I hope everyone in the industry has you at least go on tour for a year before getting in the game because then you have in your mind, you know, like now I'm on a detail with a few guys that haven't been around the block as many times in some certain spots of EP and they're like, 
sometimes they know how good they have it because they at least have a military background, you know, but sometimes we'll like stumble across, across like a security brat moment. We'll be complaining. And then it's like, yeah. hold up, hold up, hold up. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, these guys, these, these clients are good people. They go home, they go to bed, you know, like 10 you know, yeah. never out past 11. Like, this is awesome. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, so <laughs> there's a uh, set schedule. We get our schedule at least two weeks in advance. We know exactly yeah, what's yeah. going on. They exactly. actually talk to their assistants and their PAs. They don't just do stuff. Like, yeah. I want to go to Tahiti. We're getting on the jet in an hour and a half. Like, <laughs> oh my God, those are like, <laughs> real. It's that, real. That's, it is so real. Like, from contracts like that, are mm-hmm. those are the contracts where I learned, like, Make sure you have a double of everything. Make sure you, yeah. know, you have a set of weapons that can go through an airport security. Like, and what does mm-hmm. that mean? What does that look like? Make sure that what is your go bag going to look like? What is the bag that's going to fit on you for everything that you have? What is mm-hmm. like, I call it my two hours minimum. out. And yeah. so I, I have a bag that I call like my two hours out bag where okay. it's literally just a small little compact suitcase that has all of that stuff in it. And it's like, Clients getting on a plane in two hours. You got to get down there right now. It's like that's the bag that's going to get thrown yeah. in the back, and I'll figure it out when I get down there. Awesome. <laughs> that's, that, those small things like that are the things that you have to have. It is a must-have. Yeah, because you're gonna you're gonna have to scramble the jets. <laughs> Absolutely. And no, you can't yeah. not be ready. You can't not be ready. You know? No, so. because they look at you as their cornerstone. Everything. Yeah, yeah, you are their cornerstone. Like you're the one that has all of the answers because they know that you've already talked to everybody. So mm-hmm. you can't show up there and not have answers. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so how did you get into? So you were you were getting your licks, coming mm-hmm. up in the game, doing some yellow shirts or white shirts or whatever it is <laughs> yeah. in your zip code, and then how did you transition into executive protection? So funny story, I. I knew that where I was at wasn't the peak of where I wanted to be. I knew mm-hmm. that when it comes to, um, you know, there's like, there's security, there's bodyguarding, mm-hmm. and then you have EP. And I right. wanted to be at that EP level. I wanted to be doing mm-hmm. that domestic stuff. And I was honestly, there was a point where I was living in my car. I was giving everything that I've got to being like, I, I just kind of dove in and was like, I'm going to, I'm going to shoot for it. I, you know, I mm. left construction um, and I was pushing work as much as I could. I was living out of my car. You know, it's like we're talking scrounging for change underneath the seat, top ramen noodle style in the gas like station. Some, like peanut butter <laughs> and jellies every single day. Yeah. <laughs> peanut Local butter and jellies is more expensive than top ramen noodles. Oh, damn it. Snap. <laughs> to even know peanut butter and jellies works. Oh, man. Uh, it All was right, real. girl. And it was like, it was dark because I was still trying to figure out like where I was. Yeah. And um, I put myself in a position where, how am I going to make this successful? I was setting, sitting on my phone, setting up interviews every day of the week, Monday through Friday, I had interviews and Saturday and Sunday I was pulling gigs. So I was doing, you know, VMAs, doing Saturday and Sunday. Yep, pulling all of the weekend gigs that I I could possibly get my hands on. And I mean, we're talking like some bloodshot eyes getting through it. It was was definitely like the roughest point. And then um, I I knew that somebody's going to have to, somebody's going to open that door. All I need is somebody to crack the door open a little bit and I'll kick it off of the hinges. That's all, that's all I need. Because I knew Mm -hmm. I was 21, 22 years old. 
I did not look the part. I, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people were very nervous about taking a chance on somebody who looked like me. And it, because I also wasn't going to do the suit and the frumpy thing. Mm-hmm. I was going to do clean cut, 100% professional, but I was going to pack all of my gear on my body. And I was going to be there to be the logistical person that they needed. And mm-hmm. I, I needed what, what wasn't happening was nobody was believing me that I was capable of doing that. So yeah. I was doing the Monday through Friday interviews every single day. Mm-hmm. And I had one guy out of, uh, out of LA and his, he came, he came back and that was my first actual EP contract. And, and awesome. they were the ones that took the chance. And that's what elevated me from doing those jobs into EP. And I was driving every other day from LA to San Diego because they had, you know, they had a job down there that was close to the border. And, you know, it, it, that was my first real EP gig. And then awesome. once I once I got there, that's when, like, my name started getting tossed around because all I wanted was the, the chance, the opportunity to prove myself, mm-hmm. to prove that I can I am capable of doing this and, and I'm capable of exceeding everybody's expectations. And then once I was given that chance, it was, okay, now we have a female. And then, and then my card started getting pulled. Then, then everybody's like, okay, yeah. who are you? <laughs> we'll yeah. take, we'll take you. <laughs> and then I got a call for the contract that I'm on now. I got that call probably about almost four years ago now. Mm-hmm. It's still with the same family. Great awesome. people. And, and that's, that's how I got there. It was, it, it took a lot of grinding. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause you did, you mentioned that contract and how you took other contracts to work your way up to that, which is mm-hmm. interesting that that was able to halo for you long enough for you to get up there. The, um, yeah, there's the, this industry is very scarce when it comes to work and it doesn't operate mm-hmm. off of indeed.com. It operates off mm-hmm. of word of mouth. Yep. And if, if, if you're there pushing the work people, it's not how many people, you know, it's who knows you. That's the game. Who's calling you? And mm-hmm. it doesn't matter that you can have a Rolodex of people that you can call. That's phenomenal. Everybody's got a flipping Rolodex, but it doesn't mean that those people are calling you. Yeah. And that's, that's what's, that's honestly, I, and I, this is why I say this a lot. Everything good and bad will come in and out of your life through relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have definitely learned that. And it's funny how when you get in the game, you start doing good work. There's a few guys I mentor and a few guys, guys are always asking me like, yo, how do I find work? How do I da 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 da? I'm like, you need, you need street credit. Really? <laughs> like yeah. you need guys to know that like you need good dude credit. Like, yo, no, he's a good dude. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's a good agent yep. because yep. people are looking for agents, especially now the industry is expanding. There's more opportunity Rapidly. now than ever before. And it's like, and it's a hundred times easier to get in the industry, but what's going to get you on the details, the good cream of the creme details is going to be someone vouching for you and someone mm-hmm. calling you. And so what you need to do guys, girls is you really need to render a high quality work product. That's what's going to make room for you in the King's court. And, yeah. uh, that's, that's how you get at the highest levels, undercutting you, you people, stabbing look, people in the back, any negative like my second like value in fact i need to do a, uh, an episode on this but like my second rule is do no harm if somebody's a shyster on my detail or is like do an eye guy is trying to steal on limelight thinks he's a flavor of the month i'm like cool dude bye let him run out there yeah i let him <laughs> run out there they follow the their bullets. sword yeah exactly they follow their sword and it, they take care of themselves 
but I don't do any harm. So at the end of the day, people just don't. I'm a force multiplier on a team. That's just it, you know, yeah. and um, those think, things have taken me far. Go ahead. I, I think my biggest lesson that I've, I've had to learn about myself personally is um, no one to put up and no one to shut up. Yeah. <laughs> That's always been my biggest lesson. And I, I mean, to the same, like when I was in the Marine Corps, my mom used to sign all of my letters, choose your battles wisely, love always mom, like to the point where I got it tattooed wow. on my arm in her handwriting because it was like my wow. biggest life lesson. And for me, a lot of it came down to when I would see things that were going wrong or see mm. things that were problematic or would eventually be problematic. I wasn't addressing it in the most professional way possible. I was like, yo, this is messed up. Like this is, this is, this should not be happening. Like yeah. call this for what it is. Let's lift this in the butt right now. When yeah. the reality is that I should have been like, uh, guys, I think that we need to come together. Maybe take a look at this. Yeah. Let's, let's take a knee and um, really address what are the pros and cons of each one of these. So learning how to be, have tact if I can. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag social dynamics. Yeah. <laughs> and, so important. And learning how to, um, <clears throat> you know, just have that smooth tact mm-hmm. and verbal communication and being able to really get across to not only the client, talk to my team the same way that I would talk to a client with mm-hmm. a lot of those social dynamics in play. That was like my biggest lesson was that I couldn't mm-hmm. be, I couldn't sit there and go, this is my stuff. This is going to go really, really bad right now. <laughs> Don't do yeah. that. Well, and be more tactful. as a female too, possibly, possibly, uh, you're dealing with a little bit more of a sensitive ego kind of environment. You know what I mean? So oh. you, you might have great input, but if you don't come correct, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, you can actually like greatly like diminish your ability to be uh, successfully communicate with dudes just because of the whole the sensitivity that might be required depending on who you're dealing with even for me sometimes i'm like you know a lot of what i do is caressing egos in a way to give me enough rapport to influence them but i was raised by my mom and five sisters so for me it's like kind of a second language you know what i mean like i'm actually a very feminine communicator you Um, know that's that's a really good point because that is very true there's it, it, you know, it's one of those things that, um, you know, you're going to be dealing with alpha and beta type personalities. And what I've mm-hmm. learned is the more humble type of people that you meet are going to be those alpha males who don't have a problem taking a knee and being more mm-hmm. open and receptive towards communication. If you're doing yeah. it properly, if you're not being a yeah. dick and coming off as an insulting dickhead, mm-hmm. but you know, you have those guys that are going to stand there and beat their chest. Like I am alpha. You cannot no talk matter to me. what, which the, are the really guys, betas. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> trying you just ruined it this isn't natural for you oh yeah but what i what i have learned is that you do have to be very conscious of who you are like you do have to have a level of self-awareness and and be much more in touch with like who you are and what your role is and who you are as a woman in the game Mm-hmm. So that you can properly communicate something like that because you don't want to step on egos. And, you know, some of the, there's, you know, some guys that I've worked with that, you know, it's, it, it breeds a certain type of mentality that, you know, it, you have to be no one to put up and no one to shut up and yeah. no one, when you can start saying things and you have to be very, very well thought out, thorough mm-hmm. And 100% correct in everything that you say. Like if you're going to blast on some kind of an email and you're going to be shooting out recommendations, you better get ready. The five W's (laughs) for everything that you say. And you have to, one thing that 
I've always prided myself in doing that I, I want more people to really start looking at doing is that if you're going to say something is messed up, give at least three suggestions to fix it. Yeah. Don't just you haven't already. Problem. Yeah. It, Cause anybody can identify a problem, but if you're not there with recommendations, like give one super ridiculous out of the box one, give something that's much more practical, like give recommendations that are all across the board because the worst thing that's going to happen is somebody looks out of your super out of the box one and goes, no, that's absolutely ridiculous, but maybe it sparks something for them. And now you, you're creating, you know, an, an arena of proper communication and you're creating something that is much more out of the box thinking. And now you can address problem solving, but if you're just kind of sitting there being, being annoying, constructive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, give give at least three solid choices to correct the situation if you're going to yeah. say that there's a problem. Yeah, and that that's one of those things. Like as as a female, I've learned is the most receptive when I when I'm talking to my teammates or when I'm mm-hmm. dealing with an issue with within my own environment and with within the contracts is giving you know giving solutions to problems. Yeah, just, just it's problems. Anybody can <laughs> identify a problem. <laughs> Absolutely. 100% makes you more of an asset. So yeah. female carrying tips. Like I'm still trying to like, I mean, like I'm still trying this to get is my, my specialty. Carry more often, so what's the voodoo <laughs> you do when it specialty. comes to this? I have got you know, voodoo like, for your voodoo. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up. You know, so, um, I, I actually, th- I want to do you know, I'm trying to figure out the best way to do it, but I want to do like a photo series. I I don't know what platform that I'm going to do. We can do like a video series on EPL. Let's do it. For sure. For women (laughs) protectors. Absolutely. Because I have learned a lot. I have learned a significant amount and down to, to what kind of shoes that you should be wearing. Because for me personally, I'll wear pumps. I'll, I'll okay. wear heels. I'll wear wedges. I'll wear, you know, mm-hmm. thick heeled shoes because that's more feminine. I yeah. don't look out of place, but yeah. you will also catch me on the range in those same shoes because uh. I, I can fight in them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause okay. it's like, if you if, don't wear something that, that impedes your ability to do your job. And dead. if you're oh, not yeah. willing to go to the range and, and try it and to test it, then don't wear it. That, yeah. And don't do it. You can look like an ass on the range all you want, but you're not going to look like an ass in front of your client when something if hits something the fan. actually happens. Yeah. Yeah. Be able to know that you can perform your job. So it's like the, the down to the jeans that I'll pick out. Like my jeans are skin tight and they hug, but yeah. I'm also <laughs> yeah. packing some serious heat underneath those suckers. Yeah. And it looks more feminine and it looks more professional and more approachable. So I'll, I'll wear pumps and, and I'll wear skinny jeans and a button up shirt. And the best thing that I have found when it comes to packing heat is a belly band. It it comes down to a belly band because I can put it right, right up underneath my chest and it's not so far down that the thing about appendix carry. Uh And if you're being practical and to be, you know, a female and you're tucking your shirt in, understand Mm -hmm. that, that that belly button and below is going to look very skin tight. If you're not going to be looking frumpy, it's going to look skin tight. It's going to be super weird if you appendix carry and you have a bit of a bulge. Yeah, yeah. You know, you don't want to be like you don't want to be salt to the guys that are there. <laughs> You're going to yeah. look kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, because they're all looking. You know, yeah, like, they are all looking. They are so. all looking. Because, <laughs> like, as a dude, I kind of walk around and like it's I, I I will get looked at and sized up, but like women, 
get looked at differently. I didn't think about that's kind of you guys get looked at like much more closely. Yeah, well, um, the thing just is because that, of the driving factors of you know sex and all that stuff. percent. <laughs> you know, like, and, and the thing is that you know you don't have to wear a blazer; you can wear a shawl. What does that mean? What does that can mean for where you're going to pack heat? Because if if I have to wear something that's an open blouse and it it has to look a certain way up front, then that means that I might pack right right behind me and, and, and do you know something in the rear rather than doing something up front because it's, my clothes are going to have to be much more of a tight fit what's going to happen mm-hmm. when you have to wear a dress i have 100 percent, 100 percent rocked a shoulder holster i don't give a shit what anybody says i have gone miami vice style yeah <laughs> and pulled it off yeah yeah but there's there's a way to do everything where if you're going to okay. be in a dress you could rock a shawl and do a shoulder holster or and a button up and a one button deal and you could do shoulder holster style whatever is going to be more adaptive to to what your situation is but you should never look out of turn of your client mm-hmm. so it, it best option for me has always been the belly band i can mm-hmm. hide it super well and yeah I found that that's the easiest way to hide. And you get, you get the ones with all the pockets and you yeah. can slap your med kit in there. Because let me tell you, and everybody's like, well, you know, quick draw. And what if I want to secretly get to something? Something goes wrong. <laughs> Cat's out You're of the bag. Get there. Yeah. Cat is out of the bag. You're, that blouse is going to be off and your entire belly band is going to be fully ex- exposed because you're going to be working. Yeah, 100%. you you'll be there working it's cats out of the bag there's no secrecy 007 style in that yeah. you're gonna be shooting moving medical aid get off the BS. yeah 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 War, so it's the, wartime the belly band i have heard this from a few females that i respect in the game uh the belly band is like one of your guys's go-to for carrying there was another right. holster that like sits underneath your chest uh is it good bad have you seen the youtube video where the girl shoots herself in the face with that thing that's it no <laughs> no that that's didn't happen that's a thing uh, that's a thing uh, i'm sorry if, you, uh, if nobody's gonna convince me to wear something that's gonna clip to my bra that's gonna point to my face because if you don't you it know. points at your face yeah <laughs> Golly, i gotta look this thing up there's one little point straight to your face and i'm like i'm one of those people that i'll do round in the chamber while i'm while i'm working and yeah you know as confident as i am it doesn't mean i'm gonna go straight to my face it doesn't mean that i'm gonna point my weapon straight at my face face yeah i even have a problem with appendix carrying i still i carry appendix (laughs) all the time i got a gun and i got a appendix gun pointing at me right now but I, uh, like, oh, please don't get I, so oh, <laughs> you know, like I trust my gear, but I still ain't got used to it. I still, every time I get a little like, all right, you're well, aware of it adjust, though. Let's adjust a little bit here. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I don't want to adjust, but I can lose the left side, not the There's right. Some important side. stuff down here. No, I dig it, but I ain't pointing no gun at my face. Exactly. I ain't doing that. There's a YouTube video of a girl who shot herself in the face. I'm gonna have to look. I don't, I'm gonna have to. I know I'm gonna look it up, but I don't want to. But you know what I mean? It's like a train wreck. She so, she like survived, but it like I think it like slipped off her. half of her jaw. And it, I I get it. Like I don't know how much of you pulled that trigger. Like obviously you pulled that trigger, but still, yeah, that is just not my game. My game is like sleek professional, stylish. You know, feminine. Very very aware of my figure and my presence. Yeah. Awesome, and, and I'm not going to be out there looking frumpy. No, and that, it would be bad. It would be, it would be, it would be a less. It wouldn't be as good of a quality work product. 
clients, yeah. we represent their brand. You know, you need to look feminine. You need to look somewhat attractive. There's a vanity to this game. I, you know, like good looking agents do better in this game. It's just a fact. Like, I know your mom, you know, loves you when you're overweight and all that stuff. But like, the truth is, as a human, your life will be better. You'll live longer when you're in shape and you will go fetch farther professionally, almost no matter what you do. If you, you can get your health yeah, you under want, control. You Ain't no one being mean. Have to be it's the fit. game. You, yeah. you have to fit because if, and you, if you don't, pull what your we do. Butt, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you can't pull your own butt out of the situation, you, and you, that means you can't pull your client out of the situation. Yeah. Like, it, it's not going to be smooth. I've always felt like there's, there's this funny spectrum when it comes to, to, to the industry, you are either, you know, very, very fit and dumb as rocks. Or on the other side of the spectrum, you are way too out of shape and have no business doing this, but you're a logistical genius. But you're yeah. a networking master. You're a logistical wizard. Yeah, and, and you're and a you're networking right. master, but what you want to be is somewhere that is right in the middle. Yeah, and that's what I'm, That's what we're all aiming to be. I think that's what that's what we're all aiming to be, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, um, we, all, we all know people on that side of the spectrum. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> so, what is it like being a woman in the security game, really <laughs> broad <laughs> question. But just put your flag wherever you want. What you know, is it like, like? If you're gonna really? break it down for like a chick who's thinking about getting into EP, and she's like, "I want to be a protector," and you're like, mm, "Training this. day, let's this sit is down. the deal." Let's yeah, this is, talk. break it down. Uh, well, to break it down, shotgun. So Let's see what I did there. Mm-hmm. Good deal. <laughs> <Summer>. I like <laughs> it. Seventeen seventy-five. It's too marine. It's awesome. It's so good. Uh, I don't get a chance to express laughing. that that only much. Marines are laughing right I know everybody else is like, "Who? Huh? The, what? They're weird." What year yeah. is that? <laughs> don't test this blood strike, bro. This could go on. This <laughs> is so bad. Yeah. No. Um. If I was going to sit down and have a one-on-one talk with a female about what the reality of being in this industry is, I would mm-hmm. I would tell her, be self-aware. You, you you have to be very self-aware who Fantastic. you are, what you're doing, understand the monster that you're getting yourself into and what level of, you know, excuse my French, but what level of shit are you willing to take? Mm-hmm. What are you willing to take? What are you willing to put up with? And what are you willing to fight back on? Because know that there, there will be a lot of questions about your ability to do your job. And you mm-hmm. have to be able to take that with a grain of salt, take the constructive criticism that's within that, and be able to alter it towards something that is going to be beneficial to you. Because people will 100% shit on you. They, they, will they absolutely you. will. Well, yeah. And they're going to, if you're on a team that's all males, there is going to be a level of pushing to see what you're fully capable of and what you're emotionally willing to deal with. Because yes. <laughs> they're going to look at you and they're going to push your emotions and they'll, they'll push it to see if, not out of insult, but to see if you're thick-skinned enough to stay there. Yeah. So it's, it's be- not anything that's personal. And mm-hmm. it's knowing consciously that it is not personal. It's not personal against you or who you are as an individual. It, you're encroaching on a very specific territory and you have mm-hmm. to be thick skinned enough to take all of the constructive criticism with a grain of salt and be able to alter it to something that's going to be a very, very professional product. Mm-hmm. And you maintain your professionalism 100% from start to end and understand that your life will be like, a, you're, consider yourself living in a little light bulb with mm-hmm. the light always turned on and everybody's Watching looking at you. what you're doing. 
And it's not yeah. something that everybody's going to consciously do. They'll subconsciously do it, but you're still going to feel it. Just know that you have to bear that weight. You have to understand that that's, that is very much a thing. And uh-huh. what can you do and learn from other people's mistakes to give the best, most professional product that you can give? Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's it. Well, that's beautiful. And the thing <laughs> is, I, I think too, like from my perspective, and be twice as good, give them nothing, be above reproach, you know, like give them nothing. Cause the reality is you're stepping into kind of a masculine dominated space. Mm-hmm. How do men deal with each other? Go and they study. They check any- each other. Exactly. They will check ah, each other. She gets it. She gets it. You, you study <laughs> any masculine culture. Yo, welcome to the pack. We're going to jump you now. And <laughs> yes. then we're going to find out what you're about. Like you get to the platoon and the fleet, you're going to get tightened up. Like <laughs> You ever walked gonna... a gauntlet, son? Yeah, Come yeah here. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like you're going to, we have to see what you're made of. Mm-hmm. We're going to jack Absolutely. you up. And then like If, you, your if you're still walking <laughs> at the end of it, then, yeah. then okay, now we're going to sit down and, and maybe we'll talk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then maybe you'll get some respect, but that's it, just, that's well, so masculine the, pack the, the, theory. It is. Stuff. And the funny thing about it is that everybody's like, you know, don't give, like you said, it don't give them something to, to chew yeah. on. But the reality, I, I feel like the reality on something like that is they look, they will find. There's always going to be That's something true. to chew on. There's always going to be something to chew on. And the question is, what are you going to do about it? What are they chewing on? Mm-hmm. And getting to the bottom of those things, if there's going to, mm-hmm. if it's going to create conflict or rift in between your team and your level to commu- your ability to communicate effectively to get a, a you know task completed, if they're chewing on something, find out what that is, mm-hmm. and then do what are you going to do about it to alter their perspective on it or to give and them something better to chew on. Don't don't yeah. chew on dog shit. Chew on Jolly Ranchers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what are you, you going to chew on? Sometimes it's a perception thing. Sometimes mm-hmm. you're just looking for something. And then it's like, okay, do I want to fight the righteous battle of proving how illegit this is? Or do I want to just like fix this problem, deal with it, validate this douchebag, validate this person, turn mm-hmm. them from an enemy into someone That's who feels so like, oh, well, she's, yeah, like, she's yeah. like, listen to my good idea. And now yeah. they're a friend, a friend of me. <laughs> and now, you know, but, but they're not fighting against you. And now you've disarmed their ego and now you're all moving the same direction. Or yeah. you can dig your heels in and be like, this isn't legit. This is BS. And like, yeah, start an ego battle. Yeah. And let me tell takes... you, nobody's going to want to deal with that. Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. no that's, that's, that's too and much weight on the team. Exactly. Well, the thing is that, that I really can't stand is the internal fighting. Like yeah, if complacency that's... kills. Absolutely. Complacency can 100% kill a team. And kill a team's effectiveness. So if there's, you know, anybody, they start creating busy, busy work, then they start looking at each other. And And extra rules for no reason. Nothing's really wrong. Yeah. A lot of it comes down to that tribal mentality too. Mm -hmm. Anybody who's ever read Tribe, go read Tribe. (laughs) Because it's a a very, very good book, but it also points out a lot of things that are very much accurate, especially when it comes to people within this industry who have you know, former military training, everybody has that similar level of mentality. And the the way that we all look at everything, there's always a constant battle of sizing each other up. Yeah, you know? always. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, it, it, especially if you're an alpha, you feel it. Like, you know, that there's always someone being mm-hmm. like, who are you? 
There's always going to be somebody <laughs> like, biting at like your ankle. Is your shoulder kind of weak today? Like, what's going on, man? How you <laughs> yeah. Doing? I'm, I'm sorry, do you look tired? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I bet I take them today. You know what I'm saying? Try, trying you all the time. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But that's that's really good advice. I really genuinely feel like that because I get calls all the, I get calls from time to time that are like, yo, you know of any good females? And I'm like, I think I recommended you for a few of them. And I'm like, man, like I've gone out on a limb here before. <laughs> <laughs> and I have seen it backfire, you know? So, like, everyone's oh, yeah. ultra afraid to be like, yeah, she's cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, everybody, everybody always just, gets nervous. Yeah, you know, you just don't know. And I think that, you know, if someone can kind of, like, if a female can come into a detail with that mentality of, hey, give them nothing, take nothing personal, and understand that I have to prove myself, like... Forget feelings, prove myself, and we'll probably have to prove myself a number of times, and uh, and not take anything personal. I reiterate. Yeah, <laughs> and I it, think that it's a really a recipe for success. Yeah, you know? you, I think you know. Understand that you're you're never going to be a master of the trade. Nobody's yeah. ever a master. Anybody who says that they're a master is definitely one hundred percent. They're not self aware. <laughs> yeah, it, it, you have to be very self aware, very very understanding that you're always going to be proving yourself. Every day yep. you're proving yourself. Every day you're bringing something to the table. You mm-hmm. have to be better than the day before. It's always going to be judged. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody's mm-hmm. a student here. And it's the same here. I mean, it's the same every time I show up in front of my client. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? We because work. you never know what kind of mood that they're going to be in. And I, and yeah. I think that it's important to be with, when you really embrace that you're always a student in this industry, mm-hmm. then you can really start um, testing the boundaries and testing, you know, the, the boundaries of what you look like, your style carry, your, and discovering what your own personal style is and, you know, different ways of entering. Yeah. Different ways of entering a building. Like maybe you pick a lock one time, maybe you don't, you know what I mean? Like understanding different, different ways to do it and being comfortable with testing that it's like, Hey, this, this may get messed up. This may not get messed up, but mm-hmm. we're going to learn something new from it either way. I think that's really important to embrace that. Awesome. What would you say about pros and cons to being a female in the EP game? Um, pros and cons. Damn, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, the pros are, you know, the more obvious ones where you can push through basically M- any People don't suspect security. you. No. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> not if no. you're like a young, decent-looking, like not frumpy female like yeah if you're oh, young yeah. and attractive and like like not doesn't <laughs> i don't want to say i'm not i don't care about being politically correct but like yeah you know if you don't look like you know what we would expect a tactical female to look like in real life uh not <laughs> we, we're all visually instagram. picturing it yeah, yeah. <laughs> not on instagram uh then yeah you're a ghost you're a ghost and not to mention most dudes will be too distracted with everything else to really think about you as a security threat. <laughs> yeah, the last people, the last thing that people think of when they look at me is like, "This is somebody who's going to punch through security." Yeah, <laughs> that is that's the last thing that I get looked at as, and that's a total pro. If you're able to manipulate that situation and you can use that to your advantage, that is 100% a pro in your yeah. life and your ability to, you know problem solve through your situations and logistically navigate through them and be able to provide a, an accurate picture of information back to your client is 
in, to articulate that to them. 100% a pro. Uh, the cons, I mean, the cons would be pretty, pretty basic in the sense of, um, you know, what you're going to be able to, how far you're going to be able to go, you know, you're only going to be able to go as far as the people surrounding you are willing to let you go. Hmm. It's certain things like that because it is a hard pill to swallow when you're a successful EP agent Hmm. surrounded by, you know, a whole bunch of people that are on that exact same level. It gets, when they realize that you are on that same level of EP as them, it gets that much more competitive because Hmm. they're like, well, I can't, I can't, no, I, I can't lose to that. I can't lose to this. No way. It does get very, very competitive and it can get very, very mm-hmm. catty. And that's when maintaining your own poise really comes into play. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that, that would probably, you know, that's, that's a con because mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of times where you're going to have to bite your tongue mm-hmm. and, and just kind of suck it up and, and understand yeah. the monster of the industry that you're dealing with. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that there are more pros than there are cons. And, and yeah. that's probably why I've stayed in the game as, as long as I have. I haven't found okay. enough cons to kick me out. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Well, absolutely. And you're having success with it, 100%. Is there anything you hate about private security? Mm, I think that <laughs> more contracts need to be open to a rotation-based. Really? Contract. The, Why, the, though? The Why, though? Thing that, <laughs> the thing that I, I hate about um, certain contracts is the inability to properly negotiate the terms of a contract. So and understanding what exactly it is, the full picture of what a contract needs to be fully successful, because anybody who's in this industry knows that there's really not any longevity to contracting. So you're constantly bouncing from client to client, from contract to contract and doing all that stuff. Why are you doing it? Well, you're doing it because there's not really any longevity to where you're at. Why? Because people aren't properly negotiating the parameters of what these contracts are supposed to look like. And that's what drives me nuts more than anything is they're painting a false reality back to these clients. Cause they're like, no, we can accomplish this with like two dudes and a battery and a midget. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> give us like three batteries. And- <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're like, what? <laughs> no, yeah. you're going to have yeah. a bunch of dudes that are just smoked by the end of it. You're not being yeah. practical towards everybody else's realities. And that, what I mean by that is their realities are some of these guys have families. Yeah. They have a life. They're humans. They, they need to have something outside of, of this world. And maybe that means that in order to do something like that, rather than having one guy pulling a 12 hour shift, or if you're going to have like a 24 hour, you know, security type of an element, what does that really mean? Yeah. How long can because because they're like oh well you know we'll just do like twelve on twelve off it'll be great. Yeah, but <laughs> and I hate that I hate it when people are like twelve on twelve off and you're like no because let me tell you people can't do twelve on twelve off forever. You're, that's what's going to kill yeah. your contract because those guys are going to get tired. They're going to get complacent. They're going to fall asleep sitting in the car. And that's, and that's why cops even now. have the three, four shifts a week. And that's, you know what I mean? Like, oh my gosh, yes. Three twelves yeah. or four eights. Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing that I can't stand is when it's not practical, when it's not mm. like logistically smart, when it does not make sense and you can't, and, but they've already closed off the contract. 
And then it's like, okay, well, this is only going to last like maybe two, three, four weeks at most, maybe a couple of months. You're going to get a high turnover rate and then your contract's going to look like garbage. Your company's going to look like garbage because you're going to have such a high turnover rate and yeah. the volume of people isn't going to look good. So yeah. it, what you really need to do is properly look at these things and understand that you're dealing with human beings. And if you want to keep somebody sharp, you want to keep them on point, you want to keep them coming back to the job, you have to have an environment that is 100% practical to what you're doing. Yeah. Give longevity. Because if you don't, yeah. they're done. Contracts. Yeah. yeah, you'll make the quick, the short money. You'll make the short money. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, then you'll make a mistake. No, I dig that. That's a hundred foot view. <laughs> that's, that's good. As, you know, you don't usually hear that from like the agent necessarily. You know, that's a business. That's a PPO kind of view. I dig it. Uh, what do you love about the private security game? Problem solving. I, okay. I, I love the complex problem solving. I love mm. figuring out new things and testing new theories and new ideas and new methods of caring and new methods of, you know, probing through security and, and doing this job. I don't think that there's any one 100% correct way to do it. I think that there are several correct ways to do it. And it's just what style is going to work best for you. I don't, I, I, I mean, you can only do something so flipping wrong in mm. this industry in, in I think that, you know, instead of looking at it going like, this is the one true path to doing this. Like, I don't think that's, right. I think that, um, you know, like how many different ways can you drop a, do a mag change? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like you could, like, you could pull it out and you like, can do, you know, like just the L shape. Yeah. You could take a knee. There are so many different ways to, to relay. Arrive. And yeah. I, and I think that that same, methodology should be applied here because you're going to have the people that are going to look at it and go, there's only one way to reload. There's only one way to speed reload. And that is the one yeah. true correct answer. And you go, no, because shooting is a science. This, the, the weapon itself is a science, but everything on the other side of the weapon is a theory. And mm -hmm. you know, that's going to be what's comfortable to the person that's doing it. And I think the same thing applies here that there is a science to it and your science in this essence would be, your client, the protection mm -hmm. of your client is going to be your baseline. Everything outside of that and how you approach that is your theory. And that's going to be what's, you know, that keeps you at the student level, continue to probe in different things. Everybody's going to have their own way to do it. But what if you said it's all correct? Yeah. Everybody's correct in what they do. And then you're, you're seeing different perspectives, different levels of problem solving, how other people come to the same conclusion. And then you're able to learn and, you know, maybe this works over here. Maybe that doesn't work. Maybe this one works for this client, doesn't work for that client. And you're, mm -hmm. if you're open and ready to receive that level of information, that is, you know, that's one of those things that I 100% love about this mm -hmm. industry is that you get a million different ways to do secret school stuff that is going to arrive at the same conclusion of client safety. Yep. That's what's up. No, I love that. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Because I, I agree 100%. Like, uh, what validates a process to me is the result. Like, can you get the result? Okay. And then what makes it more relevant is the context. Well, you know what? The way that Jimmy was doing it last week is going to work better for this context when I'm at this special event with my client. The way Jeff was talking about it the week before is going to work at this context when we're at the FBO. You know, so it's like, 
I agree 100% with that. Like the way is no way kind of like briefly (laughs) absorb what's useful, disregard what's useless. Add what is essentially your own uh, way, you know? So keep that cup half empty. I love that. That's, that's kind of how I get down too. So yeah, no, I dig that 100%. What is the hardest lesson you've learned in the executive protection game, bro? You got a story. Stories are cool too. The hardest lesson I have learned. That's that's a really good question because your lessons are going to be dictated on what kind of a person you are. Uh, for, and, you know, well. <laughs> no, you've got some depth. I dig it. You're, I personally think you're correct because you might get hit with one thing. I might get hit with something that I'm highly inoculated to and be like, eh, you know, whatever, dude, let's roll. And then I might get hit with something else that I'm not inoculated to or I have a soft spot or a worry or some trauma around. And so for mm-hmm. me, it's like, yo, that was the scariest thing in the whole entire world. They're like, <laughs> yeah, and like, for the, the dude riding shotguns, like, please. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I think um, the, the biggest lessons that you learn are also dictated on the person that you're bringing to the table. So for me, my biggest lesson is, um, it, it's, it goes back to choosing your battles wisely. It, it goes back to knowing when to put up and when to shut up and when, when and how to control what I say and what I do. And, and that yeah. was always my biggest hurdle for me. And, and like I, I go through everything and I'll have somebody proofread something for me to make sure that I don't sound too outlandish when I say something. Because I, that's, you know, it, it, I, for myself, I have a vision of the product that I want to be presented to not only the client, but be presented to my team. And that's somebody that who, who is willing to take that constructive criticism. So I don't want to push the image of somebody who's just going to pop off. I, it, 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 and it's, you know, go, it goes back to, I don't want to, when a conflict arises, or a problem arises, I don't want to be, yo, this is messed up. We need to be doing this. We got to do A, B, C, and D. And the the leader in me is going to want to step up and take charge. But the professional in me is going to need to know and understand and be aware of my teammate and, and all mm-hmm. of my teammates and the element that I'm in and then my position and role within the team and what's going to be the most beneficial spot for me, not only for my team, but for my client. And, and knowing where I'm going to fall in that parameter and if for me i'm very very good at advancing i love advancing so taking point on something like that and providing a safe passage through for my client for my teammate is going to be the best spot for me rather than taking a step back and going we need to be doing a b c and d in in, you know screw what everybody else is saying so Mm -hmm. and i definitely started off like that i started off as somebody who is very boisterous and i you know Mm -hmm. i i was very much, you know, in your face, because at the time to create my own presence, I thought that's what I had to be. I thought I had to be leveling up on that game and stepping up in that game. And the hardest lesson I learned is, you know, to take a step back, to be smart with what I say, to know when to say it and what to say, being tactful in what I say and knowing and understanding my position and my role and what is going to be the most beneficial to my teammates and to my client. Mm -hmm. That was hard. No, <laughs> no that's on point. Cause I can, it seems like you have a very like fiery high drive personality. Yeah. And I can see that that torque uh, that you have can get you into, it's probably has gotten you into trouble before. And <laughs> so has. a lot of your game is like managing that, you know, managing yeah. that 
Uh, and like you said, self-awareness really. Mm -hmm. Um, and then marrying that with tact. It's managing that and then redirecting it Yeah, and and learning and understanding what the redirection is. Because I do, I very, I'm a person that loves chaotic situations and and I I very much embrace (laughs) that. And I feel very much more at peace in very Mm -hmm. chaotic type of elements because then, then it gives me a problem to solve. And then I can mentally put myself there and problem solve and work my way through something, which it it feels very accomplishing and very peaceful and almost therapeutic to me. So how do I, yeah. How do I redirect all of that, that little spitfire energy and that piss and vinegar to something that is going to be 100% beneficial. And for me that I found that through, you know, advancing and networking and creating pathways through chaos to safely get somebody through, you know, their situations. So Mm -hmm. that's, that's my redirection. And I think that it's not just as important to be self-aware as it is to be redirective within, you know, the, the element that you're good at. 100%. 100%. Yeah. It's the Oracle at Delphi, man. That's, I have it tattooed on my arm. Do you really? To Matt Noske. Yeah. Know thyself. Because, uh, mm-hmm. and for me, it would be more on the side of I have been blessed to have a number of experiences that have given me confidence. Yeah. And I have a lot of physical ability and even like cognitively, a lot of ability. I'm like not that good academically in terms of like reading and writing and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to these other things, like I feel that I've been able to excel. But with that, I've always had, I had the grace of God, this fear of letting that confidence turn into inaccurate confidence, which is arrogance. And so I've always proceeded with the highest like trepidation, fear and respect of just like, hey man, don't ever ever let that confidence turn into arrogance because inaccurate confidence, pride comes before a fall, you know? And so once that confidence becomes inaccurate or over uh, reaching, then like, it was all a dream. And that, and it's, it's ugly and it's not attractive and it's, it's it somebody just, that nobody be the wants most, to work with. Yeah. You can be the most beautiful, capable, uh, athletic, tactical genius. But if you are arrogant, ew, disgusting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like you're a dog, <laughs> immediately you're a loud, get dog, out. Right? Like the door. <laughs> yeah, nothing makes that okay. Get out. So that's been. Uh, I don't feel that I've struggled with it, but I've had the type of confidence that has caused other people to say you're arrogant, and I've always had to really have deep conversations with myself about are they saying that I'm arrogant because they don't recognize this brand of confidence because they don't have it in themselves and never have been able to, or are they right? And I've always just kept that conversation going or just yeah. grounded. Maintaining a level think, of humility through, yeah. through the whole thing. Yeah. And it's funny because we, we talk about that and you know it, it hits very, very deep. And mm. that is more, if you step back and think about it, because the client never sees that. The client doesn't see that. The client doesn't deal with that. But what that does and where that puts you in that thought process needs to be maintained is within the parameter of your team. Because the people that that immediately affects are going to be the people that you're going to be immediately working Working with. with. Those are the people you're pulling 12, 14, Mm -hmm. 20-hour shifts with. And you don't want them looking at you going, you're a coffee You think your stuff doesn't stink, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, those are the people that you're going to be working with. Those are the people who are going to have your back. Those are the people that, you know, when something happens with your family that they're going to be there to cover down on you. 
yeah, yeah. And, and to be there for you. So you do those, those are not toes that you want to step on. You want to maintain no. a level of humility with that and understanding and respect towards everybody else that you're going to be working with. Mm-hmm. The client doesn't see it, but your teammates will see it. Oh yeah. And if, and when the client finally sees it, it's too late. You're done it's training probably. Yeah, yeah, you're probably, cause your Back team your probably ammo let you. Son, go home. Yeah. Take <laughs> a knee face outboard. Get this dude a shovel. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, get him the E-tool. Yeah. I was going to say um, that. You're digging right? for this kid. <laughs> yeah, man. It's over. So what would you say is your proudest moment in the EP game? My okay, so anybody who knows EP knows that you it it is a thankless job. Mm. That, that mm. um, be, and it's a thing I say it's a thankless job because um, you you can never look at it as if you know you're gonna expect to be thanked by your client or thanked yeah. by your teammates. There, because at the end of the day, you're doing your job. You know, and it's the same mentality a lot of people have about medals. You know what I mean? Where it's like, yeah, what, what you got a medal for doing your job? Like, golf. <laughs> yeah, yeah, slow. You know clap, I mean? yeah. So, so this is this is a very very thankless job. And my proudest moment that caught me off guard the most is I, you know, went did my job, had a very smooth drop, very smooth entry, and it was. Mm-hmm. It was really, really, it was a really cool drop. <laughs> and I was super, super proud of the route and super proud of like all of all this stuff. And anybody who, who knows anything about this knows that that can change within two hours of yeah. your drop. <laughs> Yo, you could literally go out with your client tomorrow and it could be over. You can mess up before we get home. 100%. Yeah. Like you, you can get there and go and... It, like you could swing around to the back of a building or something and yeah, there say, could be I don't want to be here. and everything you thought you had was destroyed (laughs) yeah exactly everything everything you spent hours and hours putting in place is over at the drop of a hat yeah and you know so when you have something that from start to middle to finish goes off without a hit symphony well it's it's not only is it not only is it rare but you're sitting there once once the drop is made and the client's sitting there in their seat you're like oh thank god yeah yes (laughs) everything (laughs) without a hitch but uh, one of my proudest moments would be when my client, and who is very, very self-aware and is a very, oh. very aware person, um, we got in, did the drop, pushed them through, and uh, he, they whipped around and looked at me and goes, you are a logistical ninja. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yes. <laughs> Can you just say that again into this recorder? Can you just yeah. write that down? Can you put that on a Christmas card? <laughs> yeah. Like we record you saying <laughs> that to me because it didn't get it. We didn't record it. It didn't happen. Like you just yeah. Uh, the thing is that like they at this point they recognize me as the person who is always on the ground that's receiving them, and that's because it, I love uh, advancing. I love uh, setting that up, and I love having that very chaotic environment of controlling the next seven doors and controlling the mm-hmm. next, like all of these people to make sure everything is as smooth as possible, maintaining that networking ability and being, you know, very good conversationally with the people that are there on the ground. And I, mm-hmm. I take such pride in doing that. And so to have my client not only recognize it, but to say like, you're a logistical ninja, I was like, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, right. And some of the team was there. New tattoo, logistical <laughs> ninja. <laughs> call sign, logistic ninja. <laughs> <laughs> right. And just call me LJ, whatever. No big deal. Kind of a big deal. Whatever. Yeah. 
And I remember like some of the team was around and I remember looking at him after the client walked in. I was like, of course, no one heard it probably. Did you hear it? Yeah. One of the guys on the team goes, don't let that shit go to your head. And I was just like, yeah, of course. Wait, it's a little bit already there. there. Yeah, you're right. I'm just going to wear it today. I'm just going to wear it today. Just for the rest of the day, the next several hours, please. But I I went back and I went home and, you know, I was talking to my boyfriend about it and I was just like, he said it. Oh my God. And I was losing my mind because it's such a thankless job. And it's such yeah. an unrecognized job. And mm. most people will never see it. They will never see the hours that spend going into that, the phone calls that have been made going into that, into every last step that has been planned for, accounted for, safety pr- provisions that have been put in place, put in check. Yeah. How much control over a situation that you have to have. So to have that and for him to recognize it and for him to say it, that was like my equivalent of like a very cool thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, I, I'll never forget it. That's, that's, that is my proudest moment. That's awesome. That's yeah. amazing how clients can do that. You get this weird relationship with them. Sometimes it's like, I don't know how to, I mean, it's professional, but then that sometimes it can turn into this, like, cause you want validation from them, but you don't want to want validation from them. <laughs> but like, you like kind of need it. They say, yeah, well, the, the it's like, but you're, you can't expect it because, like, you're not supposed to really, like, it's thankless 99% of the time. You know, yeah. it's like amazing clients, you know. Just, yeah, you know. well, and, and the thing is Even that if you at, do the, end, at the end of the day, when it comes to these clients, you're in their life. You, yeah. you are the, yeah, their constant. You are their constant. You're there for the ups, the downs, the trials, the tribulations, yeah. every phone call that's made in the back of a car. So there's the a divorces, lot the divorces, mm-hmm. the the audits, the yeah. well, the- well, the stuff where they finally look at you and go, "I don't want to go see this person. Can you deal with this?" It, and mm-hmm. you have to be that that person in their life, and mm-hmm. it, it comes to a point where it it. It is not supposed to be personal, but you know them better than anybody else. Like, you know them better than their various family members. <laughs> you know, after a oh, while, yeah, I, I've like, had that happen several, that. several Absolutely. times. Where the, the kids will look at us, you know, the kids will come back to us and go, well, do you know what mom and dad are doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. And you're keeping their secrets from their parents. It puts you in a very <laughs> precarious situation. That's a whole other, yeah. <laughs> Where you're sitting there hitting lock on the windows. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> down. <laughs> that's, yeah, that, yeah. That kid, kid parent EP is like a whole other podcast. Oh um, my God, yeah. Right? <laughs> are there any, like, big, I'll tell you the one of my proudest moments, it's kind of like yours. Yeah, I had a client, yeah. it was a, She's a little girl, a younger girl. And uh, I forget, like, we were just, you know, I was just working, we we're doing whatever. And she's like, you know, who you remind me of. I'm like, who? She's like, you remind me of Denzel Washington from Man on Fire. <laughs> I was like, oh, I was like, come on. I was like, can we record that? Can you just one more time, real quick. Can you just say you're that. Like, you're like, Man on Fire, friend. I can do that thing where I pull my pistol out and I catch yeah. a bullet. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, I was like, come on. I was like, this is this is awesome. This is amazing. You know, no yeah. one's ever going to believe me, but it happened. <laughs> You know, this is real life but uh yeah right um totally. are there any like big mistakes female agents can make like kiss of death things when you've seen contracts like when you've seen if you have another female agent around you and she's not succeeding are there any specific things that you think that chicks in this game should watch out for 
Don't get too big for your britches. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for saying that. That <laughs> <laughs> is it, 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 because it goes back to when we were talking about it. Like you become mm-hmm. a person that nobody else wants to work with. Wants to deal with. Nobody wants but to you deal know, with you. You're calling out too many problems and you're not coming to the, you're not stepping correct and coming with solutions. You're just yeah. causing problems at that point. Like you're you have not, something to prove. Yeah. When it's, <laughs> when it's too much of like, you know, just humble up and be a person. Like mm. stop trying to play the role of super duper badass female. Like you're trying to wear that. Like I am woman and I am all call me wonder woman on my call sign. Like nobody wants to do it. Yeah. No Sit down, deal with it. Take a back seat, you know, Nancy, nobody cares. <laughs> right. So I think that the biggest thing that I see when it comes to females is the competition has gotten to their head mm. and they feel the need to, compete with like um like other women that are on their contract i've i've had i've worked with other females in the industry and in working with them like it becomes so much of an interpersonal competition that it 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 creates an inability to work successfully as a team and we lose fluidity Uh Yeah, and, and and then it becomes an us versus them because they're so concentrated on like these people on my side and you know forget what you think and you're like okay but how does that help the client how does yeah. that help our fluidity? How does that push any type of mission completion? It doesn't. It, and I think that, you know, don't, don't become too big for your purchase and, you know, understand what your position is, understand where you fit best and where you fit with your team, because mm-hmm. it's not all about you and it can't be all about you. It has to be all about the team. And what is best for the team? Because again, it, it, those are the people that are going to always be there with you. Those are the people you're working with 12 hours a day who know you better than a lot of your mm-hmm. own family members know you. You know their families. Like these, this, it'll become your family. And you mm-hmm. can't continue to fight with, with your family like that. You know? Heck no. House yeah, divided I, against itself will fall. 100%. And that's like my biggest issue is just the over complication and a very simplistic situations like, uh-huh. a plus b equals c a plus b doesn't yeah. equal r q and f like nobody cares about that just a plus b equals c yeah not okay. a plus b. <laughs> maybe she gets it guys maybe maybe she gets it <laughs> that's okay I found the go. <laughs> right the overcomplication of situations yeah very so simplistic it's so good simplicity is the ultimate sophistication leonardo da vinci yes. wasn't was not an idiot um are there any specific jobs like in the spectrum of what we do like your close protection guy your advance agent um that you think women are better suited for than other jobs or like certain things that you're like yo this is like easier because i'm a chick just is <laughs> you know i it's funny you ask that and that's a very very good question because i genuinely don't i mm. I, and I say that because it's the person that you bring to the table okay it, it, and bring it all it depends yeah bring it down chuck and so so <laughs> what i think <laughs> the I, I I don't think that there is any one job that could be done significantly better or significantly um easier or you know that this section is better suited for women and this section is better suited for men i i genuinely don't feel like that because i think who can do the job who's who's capable of doing the job if you can do the job and this is what you're good at then then do that just do what you're good at 
And, and I say that because not every woman, like for me, advancing is my pride and joy. Mm-hmm. Um, not everybody's going to be good at advancing. Not every yeah. woman is going to be good at problem solving or logistics. Some women are going to be wonderful drivers. Some women mm-hmm. are going to be, you know, wonderful, like logistic planners from an office. Some women mm-hmm. are going to be much better suited right on the ground. You know, it, it all depends on what are you really good at and mm-hmm. what do you take pride in doing? Because the things that you take pride in are going to be the things that you excel in. That you're going to shine at, yeah. 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 Some guys are not good at advancing where I'm very good at advancing and, you know, Mm -hmm. vice versa. It it all depends on the person that you are coming to the table with as Mm -hmm. opposed to, you know, left and right lateral limits of what your role is. Yeah. Yeah. I like this answer. I like it. That's what's up. (laughs) Uh, How do you feel? How do you feel about like the future of private security for females? Because we say it's a masculine dominated industry. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. It, and it, it's always going to be. Ahead. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it's always going to be based on just the sheer numbers. Right. You know, like, like, like let's break it down. It's a ratio of what? Three guys to one chick? Three to one? Four to one? Yeah. Five to one? Like just in common sense world, it's, it's always going to be a masculine dominated industry. But mm-hmm. I think the future since it's growing so astronomically and right. the, it, well, the levels of EP are also growing within mm-hmm. that. And, There's so uh, much private yeah. security opportunity, like the spectrum of compartments and jobs and specific skills and things necessary is just multiplying. <laughs> Not <laughs> only know? that, but the schools and the level of education yeah. and, and just the basic understanding of what it is it, on that note you know i'm going to say that there's a difference between ep and psd people need to understand that those yep. are two and, different things and club security and venue mm-hmm. security and bodyguards ep yeah you know, what your yellow shirt security is like you know like you're not ep because you helped such and such get his bottle service on friday night when right? he came to your club all right you're still with the house yeah Don't yeah just because you man let me catch you in the interview yeah, you know I'm saying. Uh, Tell me yeah. exactly what you did. Show me you have some honor, and yep. then we can talk about getting you in the big game. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. And I think as far as you know, the growth of the industry, I think there are going to be more females that are going to be stepping into that role. But I think it also comes down to practicality. What are you going to be good at? Don't just yeah. jump in the industry because you want to be a female that's in the industry. Like, do it because it's. Okay, so I think the best way that I've heard it, the way that I've best heard a lot of this described is, um, you know, when it comes to people who are doing, who want to be a Navy SEAL, who want to be in Special Forces, are you doing it because you want to be an ex-Special Forces guy or are you doing it because you want to be Special Forces? Like, what is your end game in this? So I wouldn't say jump into this industry because you want to be a former EP, former private security, former something or other, do it because you enjoy the process of the job and you enjoy the journey of the job. And that's what's going to give you longevity and make you successful here. But I think that as far as the the growth of the industry, know what you're good at. Know what you're good at and know where you're going to line up and and know what you're going to be willing to offer to the people here. That's big. Yeah. Not what you're going to take, what you're going to contribute. That's how you really shine because that's what your whole, all your street cred, your work product, your legend is going to be around what you contributed to the game. 
Absolutely. In the sacrifices that you're willing to make to provide that, yeah. a better product and mm-hmm. to provide a better package to your clientele and give simplicity and ease of process for your team. And, and again, that goes back to advancing for me, like what's going to be the most fluid, simplistic process for my team? Because I want that, I, the product that I want to create is where they can see me and I can see them. And they know that as soon as we drop, I just need to find you and you will take care of everything. And we can concentrate on our 360. Clients, yeah. The client knows that they're going to follow you through everything. You mm-hmm. take them through it. We'll be there as a 360. And they don't have to continue to think about like, what if she messes this up? What if this is screwed up? What is this going to be? And mm-hmm. it, you know, know what you're going to bring to the table. Know mm-hmm. what fluidity that you're going to bring. Know what ease you're going to bring. Mm-hmm. What level yeah. of professionalism that you're going to bring and what you're capable of. Mm-hmm. And, and that's then, what's going to, you know, push you far. Heck yeah. And you can have, then you can have confidence and peace in knowing, hey, this is the piece of the puzzle that I contribute. This mm-hmm. is the piece of the puzzle everyone can count on me to hold my shield up and maintain and then be that strong link in the chain with. And that gives you, then you have a sense of community, you have a sense of belonging, and then you'll see respect in the eyes of, mm-hmm. you know, the other teammates. Yeah, and, and I think that. that it's important that you never become so arrogant that you think that the machine is going to break if you step out. Oh, don't yeah. I, don't that don't one, ever be that's so That's a huge that. one that I hear people, what are they going to do without me? I'm like... They're going to keep going. That's what they're going to do. Yeah, yeah. They'll, look, they'll go, they'll interview a dozen used, they'll pick one, and until they hire them, we'll just keep on going. That's what we Yeah, they're, they're going to... Because guaranteed, like, always consider yourself number two trying to fight for the number one spot. Because yeah. there's always at least 10 people that are going to be sitting there itching and biting, at, at, chomping at the bit to get to exactly and where you're at. spamming your employers with resumes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you think that you are irreplaceable, you are sorely mistaken. The machine yeah. will continue to run without you. So you are never so good that you are irreplaceable. No. That's why it's no. so important to continue to, to evolve, continue to bring new things. To earn it. Continue, yeah. Continue to be a helpful and wanted asset. Rather yeah. than annoying asset. <laughs> or a self-righteous entitled uh I guess ass. we'll just say ass, 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 yeah, yeah. Right? No, I dig it, man. That's it's exactly what it is. That's a, there's a lot of good stuff in there. <laughs> Let's see here. Do you know of any good we only have a few more questions, but this is like I don't okay. even know if this is a good question. I'm still gonna ask it. Like okay. well, if it's, are there it's not, any good places to find good female ep agents like specifically or do we just refer everyone to you rachel (laughs) (laughs) you know start a bidding war around rachel yeah let's bid (laughs) (laughs) um you know it's funny you say that because you guys have like an underground or something (laughs) i wish we did (laughs) start one start one you know, I probably should. I'll do it if you don't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. I'm a dude. If my wife would be like, seriously, Myron, I'm like, what? Honestly, I wish that there was more of an underground network, but I, I feel like because of interpersonal competition that- Mean the, girls? Yeah. Yeah. With, with other EP girls, I think I, I almost feel like when it comes to the competitive network of it, yeah. that it's been a little bit more distant, but not only that, I feel like a lot of it, it's hard to find other women because for us, it's such a new thing that you don't know what you don't know. 
Like mm. how, how do we put a title on exactly what it is we're good at, where I feel fortunate that I've been in a position where I know where I stand and I can put a title and a stamp on what I do as an EP mm. agent. Advancing is really my specialty. You know, mm. like I've, I've been able to put a tab next to what I do. And I feel like for a lot of women coming up that it, it's almost like they, you know, am I an EP agent? Am I a bodyguard? Am I, am I this? Am I that? What am I doing? And it's hard to, where do I go to connect? That's what I'm getting at. Where do I go to connect? Mm -hmm. And that's what makes it hard is because there's not really a formulated 100% guaranteed spot. Because even for me, when I was coming up and I was looking at like female EP companies, where can I go as a woman to begin networking? There are women dominated companies but mm. even within that it's almost like you got to know who's the what and the who to get into this and and i don't feel like there's just kind of a blanket overall spot Place. that is 100 percent known that you know don't care you don't have to be a part of this group you don't have to be a part of that you don't have to be a former agency and only yeah. we only take agency people and we only take this breed of person and you know it's anybody who wants to put the work in, who's willing yeah. to do the groundwork, this is a known spot to go to and to network. And I just hmm. don't feel like that's out there. Okay. Noted. We'll do something about it. Figure that out. I was going to say, like, solve that equation. That. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like something that needs solving. The, yeah, uh, because I also feel like that's why some of the, the baseline professionalism among women hasn't changed is because hmm. there's not one spot of reference. All, all of the points of reference have been, you know, so very male dominated that there's not really a female source that's sick, that's saying like this centralized. is the Yeah, this this is our baseline. Here's what it is for the guys. Here's what it is for the women. Your your appearance is going to look like this for a man. It doesn't mean that you're going to be in a three piece suit for a woman. You know mm -hmm. what is the baseline is going to be different, but I don't think that there's that one spot that's saying like this is our new standard. Get with it or get out of F town. Yeah. Or yeah, or you're not yeah, or you're not up to standard. Yeah, cool. Yeah. I think yeah. that spot is that uh, that planet at the beginning of the Wonder Woman movie. <laughs> That's the spot. I would be there, right? No, that was loud. Well, no, you know what we'll do? Planet. We'll just we'll start it in your group, the Executive Protection Group. We're going to start it. There. I mean, let's I'm sitting here playing with the idea in my head right now. Actually, I'm like, geez, let, like let's like, do that from here on out. Anybody who's something. listening. Because I know I'm a part of that group, so yes, let's let's do that. I have like Anybody, a female we'll chapter. Yeah, you know no, we'll I mean? we'll like, do like a thing, like a once a week thing, like a once a week uh, blog or something like that. Some content got, for the ladies. I have got blogs for days. If you really? knew how many stuff I have ghost written for <laughs> so many pages, really? Really? I have ghost written a lot of things that are that are currently floating out there. So oh. I, I've got a bunch of saved stuff that I, I would love to, uh, I'll just, I'll start doing a once a week thing on your page. I'll just really Let's talk. Heck yeah. Let's <laughs> talk more about that for sure. Executive projection lifestyle is expanding into like a whole, I'm going to get into like digital products. I'm going to want to have private security, uh, leaders, you know, teaching like this thing is like the podcast is just the beginning. So, you know, just like a sneak peek for everyone else. Like, yeah. I'm seeing this whole thing turn into like a place where agents can come and get educated on like what it really takes 
to be mm-hmm. a good agent, what it really takes, you know, to be more than just a bodyguard, to be an executive protection agent. Yeah. How do you get from the door of your club into maybe a good private security gig? And then also, how do you execute that when your client looks at you and is like, I'm going to be landing on my jet, you know, mm-hmm. in LA, you know, yeah. and, well, and, and you have and two or three venues. How do you even execute it? You know? Well, and so, doing, you know, all the little things that we've all learned that we've had to learn within this granted. industry, like having a two hour bag that's there. Yeah. What does it mean to have things that are safe to go through, you know, metal detectors? What, yeah. what is, you know, what is your med kit? What should it actually look like? What is a necessity that you don't have to have, you know, running around with ankle rigs that are too bulky to fit in your jeans? Like, what right. is the practicality of the situation? Here are the elements that all of us have collectively learned. And then, mm-hmm. you know, we'll just sit there and just, token token that out because that's where our new baseline needs to be that's where the new standard is because the new standard is is somebody who looks very casual it's very casual and it's very business casual it it is no longer the suits it's no longer that same earpieces because we've the the other big part is we have adapted with technology and Mm -hmm. we need to start looking at how how much of an advantage we have when it comes to technology and Mm -hmm. What is, you know, gray areas, you, there are little, you know, tracking devices that you put in a little key lockbox. you slap that right under their tire wheel and you don't have to worry about it. You're always there. You're always one step away, one call away, but you know exactly where their placement is and you know how far you need to be in, you know, in accordance with that. And how are we going to apply technology to that? And yeah. you don't have Leverage. to have a wired in whole <coughs> big deal anymore because that that's not kosher. That does not look good. It doesn't yeah, look good on you and it looks it it's dated. Well it skylines dated. the client, skylines the operation, TMZ is gonna be crawling all over your face mm-hmm. in ten minutes. Like yeah. we just we're just smarter these days, you know. Yeah, so, well how what, do you how do you apply counter surveillance measures with your client? If you, if you have a client that, if you're somebody who knows surveillance, if you're somebody who knows counter surveillance, if you're somebody who knows counter to the counter surveillance, like if you're one of those people, how are you able to educate your client on something like that and say, Hey, maybe you put on a wig. Hey, uh, if you're somebody with tattoos, maybe you put a makeup on it. If you want to go spend the day with no TMZ and no, whatever it is, how, how do you provide them the knowledge that could give them a very leisurely day? And mm-hmm. a lot of that comes from knowing what to look for. How do you Absolutely. know what to look for? You know, yeah. what, what can you provide? What's a good dossier that you can give to your client that keeps them mm-hmm. in a simple state of mind? What, if, what do you do when you have a client who doesn't want security, who doesn't mm-hmm. want perimeter mm-hmm. security around their yeah. house, but too bad that's, because insurance dictates you need to, right. you know, like one and of that's something you're going to run into in this game for sure. Yeah. Yeah. What do you, what do you do about it? You know, the industry has changed. It's, it's it's no longer evolving. a blanket answer. Yeah, and it's no longer suits in in, in Beverly Hills. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what uh oh man, I got stories. But what uh let's see here. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> You're right. Daily rituals, things that you do on a regular basis, it doesn't have to be daily that you think make you a better person or that make you better at your job. Ooh, well, obviously being in shape. <laughs> that's yeah. like that's like my that's heck yeah. Big thing. <laughs> big 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 thing for me because it's also you know it's therapeutic in a sense like i you know when i'm eating good i feel good when i work mm-hmm. out and i and i get my solid reps in and my big weight in i feel good and you know weight. that's what's up weights. 
(laughs) (laughs) But I, you know, there's a level of confidence and personal ability that it brings. Like, you know, that's, you know, you know how to, you know how to fight, you know how to wrestle. If you, if you maintain the levels of training. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you also feel a little bit more humble and confident Mm -hmm. in your ability and, you know, what, who you are and what you are in your levels of training, you can fall back on that confidence and and be good with that. So part of like, you know, what my SOP in, in my daily operation would be, um, it, you know, wake up. I I have my, something that is going to help fuel me and feed me through the day, have a good meal, make sure that you pack some extra meals because there's no time you're going to eat again. (laughs) You never know. (laughs) You don't know. (laughs) You know what? That is a whole nother topic within itself. (laughs) That that is a topic within itself is what, what are you going to pack? You got to have your own little baggie of something or others in the back that is to fuel you through your own, you know, through your fight. So part of that is, you know, training 100%. I am a person who is all about training and being confident in it and pushing the limits within training. If that means that I'm going to be putting on my pumps and going and training in my pumps that day, I don't give a damn how ridiculous it looks, but if that's something I'm going to wear around the client, that is something I'm going to be proficient in 100%. But, um, Outside of that, you know, it, when it comes to stepping up to the table with a team, there's an SOP that's set forth so that everybody's on the same page. Turnover mm-hmm. is smooth. Turnover is correct. We all understand the same, you know, level of expectation that is there. Security perimeter checks are done. Clientele checks are done. You know, comm checks are done. There's a certain level of that standardization that is there that has to be done when you're working within that respect you you know vehicles are filled up everything is washed things are taken care of so that's you know that's kind of where my routine is it's around mm-hmm. yeah around that stuff good to go yeah. and i love these the physical fitness thing's huge it's, you it's feel so huge. different in your body oh, for yeah. the other tasks you need to do that day yeah like it's just it's, empowering as mm-hmm. heck yeah, being open to, you know, other forms of the process, learning from other people and, and oh, being open yeah. to learning that, like never get so closed minded and, you know, your poop don't stink mm-hmm. that you're unable, you're not capable of absorbing any more information. No, always be, always be open to it. Always, always take the meeting. Always yeah. be humble in your communication. Even if you may feel a certain way back here about it. Like just, you know, sit there, find out, find out, be open, be receptive towards it, and then be able to successfully articulate your own point of view and your own perspective Mm -hmm. in it. So hundred percent without any need for emotions. (laughs) This is a very emotionless gig. Do not bring your emotions into this game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we have a joke on our side, like "Mm, it's about to get emotional. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so using that. Oh gosh. I laughed out loud. I'm so going to use that. Are we doing this? Is it getting emotional? Are we we getting emotional? emotional? We're not going to do that right now. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you do a little poopy pants about it. emotional. (laughs) Oh, don't do it to me. Uh, what would you say? Well, closing quote, mantra, favorite saying. Mm. Mm. <laughs> da, 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 da. Yeah. All quotes go. 
out of your mind. So <laughs> I was like, like oh what? god. Like I say this every this whole morning. Time. I can't remember anything. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, I've been on play this whole time with really good gems, but now I'm like uh, Yeah, right. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh. <laughs> it'll come back. It'll something will come it, to you. Yeah, yeah, it it'll it'll definitely come back. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think uh, don't get emotional is probably probably one of the yes! best ones. <laughs> That's so gonna be the name of this episode. Don't get emotional. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's so good. Check her motions at the door. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing these days? Where can we find you? Um, you could always find me on on the gram. Hashtag do it for the gram. Uh, okay. Awesome. <laughs> no, you could always find me um, on Instagram. I, I Instagram more than I Facebook, but it sounds like that's going to be I changing soon because you're probably going to find me in the executive protection lifestyle. Popping uh, off. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll definitely be pushing uh, some stuff out there. Um, You'll find me on Facebook. I everything that I do, I go by the handle Rachel J. Okay. That's just you know, you know, opsec. The people right. who know know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I always go by Rachel J. Um, Those who know know. Those who know don't say. Those who don't know say. I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you know, you know. <laughs> yeah. But um, you can find me on Instagram at Rachel J underscore J A A Y, and then on Facebook, uh, I'm. I'm in the executive protection lifestyle um group right now and that that's under rachel j also mm-hmm. those, those awesome. are my two social medias uh okay it, you know if you want to send me an email for any reason it's rachel at opalfirellc.com you know if you're not one of those people you just scam podcasts <laughs> yes <sir. laughs> that, uh, we will find you if you are yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, always, I always thought I could keep my offset tight right up until those white hat guys pop around. <laughs> right? Like, no. Oh. They're like child's play. Child's yeah. play. <laughs> like, what about, uh, are you on LinkedIn or any of that stuff? I am on LinkedIn. Um, I actually need to revisit my LinkedIn profile, but that'll probably yeah. be under my, my full name. It's Rachel Regato. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll, I'll start that one back up. <laughs> right. Yeah, no worries. No, it's funny because when you're working, you don't think of I have a tendency not to even think about LinkedIn when I'm working. Yeah. I just this last year started being like, hey, dude, you're all over social media. People are like looking you up. Like maybe you should upgrade your LinkedIn. My LinkedIn was like four years behind, five years behind. I know my LinkedIn like, is, is probably like, like six five months six ago. Years behind. <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, it's so funny because a lot of the stuff that I've ghostwritten has been pushed across LinkedIn. So I should, I, I know consciously that I need to be more active on it. But again, when you're, when you're working in, in the vast, level of social media platforms there are they're the right. ones that are more active and then they're the ones that are more you know professional so background yeah yeah it's just not one of those ones that are as easily or as frequently active you know right yeah. no it's funny they say that like instagram and facebook are like they're like like the playground and linkedin yeah. is like the country club it's just like yeah. less activity. It's more high end. It's like <laughs> you know, but it, I don't you, know. I've got some weird, not high end messages on there. I'm like, ooh, like, like wow, you <laughs> that was bold. <laughs> yeah, right? I'm sorry, who are you? HR rep on, on yeah. LinkedIn. Like, <laughs> and oh, block. Yeah, seriously, well, all professionalism. Okay. Yeah. Other versions will be blocked. <laughs> Actually, no, a screenshot will be taken and you will be blasted around. <laughs> and then and then blocked subsequently. And then blocked, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. No, that's what's up. So, girl, it's been good. It's been fantastic spending this time with you and getting this thing dialed in. Definitely. Thank you so much for joining me. That's good stuff. I 
So Thank you so much for having me. And I, and I look forward to doing uh, all the stuff on Executive Protection Lifestyle, turning that into that new baseline platform. Okay, we'll it. talk. Yeah, I got some ideas for that too. We'll talk more offline for sure. Yeah, definitely. But cool. uh, awesome. Good to have you. Thanks for hanging, Rachel. Thank, we'll thank you so much. Soon. Thank you for everybody who's listening. Boom. And to support this podcast, go to executiveprotectionlifestyle.com and contribute to our Patreon account. That Patreon account is what helps me make this podcast possible, contributing to this brand, what we're doing here, making it so that I can bring better guests on, making it so that we can plan more events and just expand the contribution to the private security industry and also to make an America a safer place by teaching people how to protect themselves and the mindset behind that, the lifestyle behind that. You guys are already killing it. $1 a month. $5 a month, 10 bucks a month, 20 bucks a month, whatever you can do that you know you would probably just lose in the mattress anyway or spend on McDonald's. Hey, you want to put it towards something that's going to good use? Put it towards a podcast and get involved in our, our Patreon account at executiveprotectionlifestyle.com. And if you want to find me, that's byronrogersmotivation.com. Um, you know, do whatever you can, contribute whatever you can to that Patreon account because it makes all of these things possible, ladies and gentlemen. So much love. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and thank you for making those contributions. You guys rock. We're already doing amazing there, and it's just because of you guys. So thanks once again for those contributions. Boom. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode of Executive Protection Lifestyle Podcast. This whole entire thing actually just started off as a Facebook group that blew up and is one of the fastest growing, if not the fastest growing executive protection uh, Facebook group online. So if you haven't joined the Facebook group, join the Facebook group. Uh, Follow us on Instagram and check us out at executiveprotectionlifestyle.com. If you want to find me, that's byronrogersmotivation.com and I'm on all the social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook as well. So until the next podcast, y'all, stay sharp out there. And as I say it, one mind, many weapons. Talk soon. Out.